this is uh, episode seven of the Connected Living podcast. I'm not going to sound surprised this this time. For the past two, I have. Ooh, are we at episode six? Are we at episode five already? This time, I know I am. I know we're here. We've we've been doing the we've been doing the work together to get to this point, and it's beginning to come together. So we're at episode seven of the Connected Living podcast, and now we're well and truly into the connecting with others section. So we've moved, we've moved, we've transitioned from from the connecting with ourselves over to um, connecting with others, and now we can really explore how we connect with the people around us. And during this episode. We're going to spend the majority of our time, in fact, all of our time, looking at why we connect with certain people and not with others. So we, we're going to see what causes that. And some of it will be familiar ground that we've, that we've covered in previous episodes and I think that's important because um, one thing that we do is um, we rely on the quick thinking approach which is very helpful and very useful which relies on patterns on a view of the world that we have and this very um, particular pattern of the world that is ours Uh, it's the same when it comes to connecting with people We, we connect with other people because they fit into the pattern of our world, of how we view our world. And we reject others that don't fit into that picture if we think in that fast, fast way. Um, or if we slow our thinking down a little bit and, and use our reasoning, we can challenge that. And this is what this episode is is going to do and which is essentially what we talk about in every episode really is challenging our assumptions challenging the view of the world that we have and trying to see it from a different perspective to enrich our experience so we can have a more connected life so here we're going to slow our thinking down when it comes to choosing the people that we connect with and then we can start connecting with people that are going to make a difference in our lives and we're going to make a difference in their lives because we could be missing out on some amazing friendships um, some amazing professional relationships that can help us and those around us so that's that's what we're going to do today. We're going to challenge that view and then learn how we can practice making more effective connections with those around us. So this is a short introduction today. I normally run into about 10 minutes when I'm doing these introductions, but I think that's, that more or less sums up what we're going to do um, through this episode. We might find this is a little bit of a shorter episode as we're getting the idea of what we want to do, but I am going to labour that point. I'm going to labour the point of slowing our thinking down 
being more critical, seeing things in the round, challenging those assumptions that we make, and creating a new world, a new view of the world that we have. So a new map, if we think back to the um, how we can shift our perceptions, this is, this is shifting our perceptions in action. So I hope you enjoy this episode. do you choose the people you connect with um I, I, just thinking about this just now just before i started um thinking about um my best friend so my best friend we both um both used to love go we don't go to whole city anymore but we used to go and watch whole city play on a regular basis we used to go together we used to take our kids um we've got kids of the similar age um so now um, growing up so they don't want to go with us as much um, you know, all the things that we share together we we enjoy having a beer and having a laugh um, we enjoy similar music so we go to we used to go to gigs when you could go to gigs we go to gigs um, different music venues we'd um, so we'd have a shared experience we liked similar things um, similar upbringing we were a similar age we're men um, we met in a nightclub um, our wives our friends and been friends for longer than we have so there's that connectedness that circle um, of friendship that, that, that exists there um, I was thinking of the other people that I um, am friendly with or um, have connections with. I have professional connections, so um, I, I have an affiliation with nurses. There's quite a few nurses that I still, uh, even though I'm, I, I don't really practice as a nurse now, but um, I still do some work with nurses. Um, so I'm a, I feel connected with them. So we have a we have a view of the world that is very similar. Um, we we have um, experiences, shared experiences of nursing, um, even though we might work have worked in different areas, but we still have that shared experience. You know, I'm just gonna I just realised I've made myself a coffee and I haven't had a drink of it, so it's not very professional. Um, but um, what the heck? I'm just gonna have a drink, quick drink. So you got that you might have heard that this man drinks on podcast exciting stuff so um where, where was i friends friendships and connections and people we are attracted to um, generally when i think of the people i am friendly with a lot of them look like me so they're white men middle-aged like football like um, indie rock music indie music um, like watching um, detective crime programs on Netflix 
generally in their late 40s other people I'm friendly with not all of them are male obviously I, I, I worked in a very female dominated industry and still do um, to a certain extent so I have a lot of acquaintances that are female um, nearly all of my um, professional connections and friendships are are with women um, people I work with a lot of them are nurses like I said uh, from a nursing background now um, that's expanding a little bit so people that are coaches there's people that are coaches that I've um, supported in the in the hospital where I work so I help them train train them um, and I work with them now so because they have a similar view of the world as I do um, they have a a very similar reason why um, I'm, I'm friends with them so, so most of most of my friendships we have a certain amount quite a big amount of agreement with and then there are other people I choose not to be friends with and and that's the I think that's that's the that's the crux of it we as as a um, as a species I suppose and I'm I'm drawing on probably some um, research uh, and, and, and some of it is anecdotal I suppose to a certain extent but we we tend to prefer to surround ourselves with people that we agree with um, that are easy um, conversations are easy conversations are light um, that aren't challenging generally a lot of the people that we're attracted to fit that mold if somebody has a very drastic different viewpoint that can be quite uncomfortable and can be quite difficult for us to deal with so with people with different mental models um, different views of the world different upbringings sometimes we are not attracted to them because we feel that their world will challenge ours so we might feel threatened and then that that's I suppose is um, it goes back to the chimp paradox again doesn't it that um, and the mammalian um, mind of um, I'm gonna surround myself with people that are going to protect me so I, I create an in-group and I know the people that are similar to to me will protect me and people I don't know I am wary of and it, the, as I'm talking about this I'm just reminded of the uh, phrase that Simon Sinek um, the little story that Simon Sinek says about this about how we choose familiarity over qualification sometimes so um, when we're thinking about somebody to look after our children to babysit our children we would um, and most of us would do this would choose the um, teenager lives down the street that we know a friend of the family to look after our children rather than a highly qualified stranger so that trust 
comes from familiarity, from from a shared experience. It, and and I suppose it, as well, thinking of Daniel Kahneman's um, thinking fast and slow, it's that cognitive ease. It we use um, our faster brain, so the the chimp. Um, or system one as he would call it that part of the brain too we use that we utilize that fast it feels safe they look familiar they feel familiar we'll go with that emotional response and that is often how we choose our friendships um, so if people from like outside of our sphere our cultural sphere or our local community and they come in we're instantly um, suspicious and if there is a story about them then we will often stick with that single story so um, young people are young people collectively and that, that feels really relevant at the moment um, on, on the news recently about university students I both my sons are university students and they are complicated, fantastic, wonderful human beings that do great things and do bad things. They're kind and caring, selfish, uh, self-centered, clumsy, intelligent, stupid, wonderful, limited, all of all the paradoxes you can think of because they're human beings they're complicated but the media at the moment and our government to some extent is trying to demonize a group of people so young people and students are spreading coronavirus so you get a single story that young people like to party and will share the coronavirus around because their desire to party is stronger and that reminds me of um, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's um, YouTube video if you've never seen it the, what a wonderful lady she is um, she's an author a Nigerian author she's written some wonderful novels I've never read any of them I have one on my list but this video where she it's a it's a TED talk where she talks about the single story the single story of her, of her race the single story that we have about people like Chimamanda people of color and the story that we tell ourselves about a race that isn't a race <laughs> race is um, something we've made up isn't it but so the story we tell ourselves about people with a certain skin color that must all behave and act act and behave same word isn't it behave um, speak have beliefs the same because their color of their skin is the same and we do that because of cognitive ease it's it's quicker and it's easier so we lump people together into groups football fans or hooligans 
people of color so black people like um, Chimamanda she's uh, from Africa so she must be primitive she must live in a mud hut do do African women write books and that's the the center of her story and I know it seems to be going off um, up on kilter a little bit but actually it's not because we can make a decision about somebody whether they're worthwhile um, connecting with because of the story that we tell ourselves about that person and, and that's 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 the basis of what Jim Amanda is saying is that people will have a single story about her and that is so resonant today with the student with students the students behavior and then um, a couple of days ago on Twitter there was a, you might have seen it and it did come up on the news um, there's a, a, a barrister um, an Af a, so a black barrister Alexander her name is I've forgotten her second name um, and she was um, walking into court she wanted to speak she was a defense barrister as far as I was aware so a barrister or a lawyer I'm sure she was a barrister and she was um, she was working on behalf of the defence and she wanted to go and speak to the prosecutor who was in the court and she was challenged several times whilst walking through the court as people believed that she was a defendant and not part of the legal team and she said it's difficult to ignore the fact that it was probably it was down to the colour of my skin was the reason why she was challenged over this and this is this single story so people make we all make up our minds it's not people and we're not less we're not worse people for it if we don't know it's happening if we don't realize we're doing it we're not worse for it when it's pointed out to us it's that that is what we have done and that's how we are behaving if we don't do anything about it that makes us bad that makes us guilty of prejudice and that's the natural the natural state that human beings do is we want to protect our group our community and anything that is different from that community we will try and protect from you see it in football fans all the time I talked to those whole city, whole city fan so whole city fans are a tribe a group of people an in-group we uh, describe it as we dislike Leeds United fans there's a lot of Leeds United fans in the area I live um, because of my age especially um, growing up in Hull in the 70s Hull City weren't a successful team Leeds United were an incredibly successful team so as young young people they supported Leeds United perfectly understandable um, I grew up in Chester um, and most of my friends were Liverpool fans I grew up as a Manchester United fan not a Chester City fan so we do affiliate ourselves with different groups my point is is that I would choose not to talk to a Leeds United fan 
on a match day because I'm in that group on another day I might be in another group of people a group of nurses say and some of those nurses might be Leeds United fans but they're my tribe now so I'll protect them and we'll um, we'll work with them so we used to get it in teams in, in our my world the world team that I ran um, was heavily protective of itself and anybody that's coming in from the outside would be treated with suspicion so as a team that would happen professions it happens so we um, we hear that single story of a group of people that's outside of our group and we make a decision based on that whether to um, welcome them or not to welcome them whether to create a connection or not to create a connection I think that's the really important thing so we're using cognitive ease we make a decision based on one story it's quick easy and it's not even the story that they've told you it's the story that you've heard before it's the story that you've picked up from the media it's the story that you've picked up from the folk law the folk history from within the culture you're, you're working within at that moment and that can make that decision about whether you're picking the right person or not to speak to and I, just as a simple exercise before we move on to the next stage of, of this podcast it's going to be a fairly short podcast this I think but the next stage is is how do we um, move away from that listening to a single story to to hearing really what people are saying um, I've forgotten what I was just going to say then a little exercise that I wouldn't want you to do um, just in a couple of minutes in about the minute that we've got but just think about it. you can pause the podcast if you wish just to write down and it's something that I, I do in coaching sometimes where people are um, feeling the need that they need to widen their network um, or um, make then the network of their connections their colleagues their friends more meaningful I ask them to do to, to draw a relationship map so if you if you walk if you wish um, pause this or do it at the end of the podcast but just um, get a nice a4 white piece of paper uh, a pen or a pencil or whatever drawing implement you like just put yourself in the middle so write your name in the middle of the paper with a circle around it and then start thinking about all the people that you connect with that are your friends that are your colleagues it doesn't really matter what order they, they go in it doesn't matter how far away they are or how near they are as they come into your mind just put them on the paper write down everybody around you around the outside write down their name as you're writing down their name just think about them think about what they do what they represent how old they are their gender the culture that they come from where they from were they born the same place as you 
they belong somewhere else what's their history and you might want to write something that connects you so there'll be something that is is there something that is common with you as it is with them so is it you know for instance me if I was talking about Mike um, whole city is a connection um, music is also a connection so just write down the connections the connecting things that, that that work with you so I might say Janice is is as, as another friend of mine who's a nurse so we're nurses she's also a coach um, clinical supervision we also do that so there's a few things that connect us so just write the connections underneath that name these are all the people that you are friends with and you'll notice your stronger connections you've got more things in common when when you've done that this is the more difficult one think of the people that you know but you never connect with and don't particularly want to just write them down at the edge of the paper if you're worried that this paper is going to get out just put their initials you know who they are just put their initials down ask yourself what's stopping you what's truly stopping you from connecting with them if they've come into your mind there might be a reason why you might need to connect to them or might have a desire to but there's something that's stopping you just write that down just gives us now a clear picture you're now starting to think about the enablers of connection and the barriers to connection and it would be really interesting that we generally use that cognitive ease that single story to initiate our connection I'll tell you a little story to illustrate this um, it's something that I've written in the draft of, of my book it is it's quite amusing it's, more, it's a few years old now um, when I worked as a charge nurse I used to get the early bus to work so it would be the five to six bus that left left Willoughby Square um, got down to the hospital near the hospital at about 20 past 25 past six so I used to get that that early bus not many people that get on it but there were regulars and there was one person that I would speak to on a regular basis you speak to him because we used to live opposite each other so we shared a community we didn't really know each other that well but we used to talk we shared um, an affiliation of the place where we lived so I had a more complex story of him because he'd tell me his story about his children and his children were growing up and obviously I knew these children when they were younger so there was a sharing of stories and we had a complex picture of each other then um, most days there was a young man he was in his 20s I was probably in my late 30s early 40s he was in his late teens early 20s this back before um, people had iPods 
some people did but most people didn't he had one of those discmans um, a portable CD player excuse me just having another drink um, so he had a portable CD player and he was really into Queens of the Stone Age um, songs for the death album I actually quite like that album so I quite like Queens of the Stone Age and he used to play it really loud and he had that particular look about him um, so I, I was busy making assumptions about this young man um, that he obviously worked in a factory that started early this was my assumption I was making he was a bit of a metalhead he lived at home with his mum and dad um, his job wasn't that well paid because even though I used to get the bus and didn't drive my opinion of young men that didn't have a car was probably because their jobs were they didn't have a, enough well-paid job um, to to get a car so you'd, you'd get the bus into work and he really didn't like his job he hated his job and he immersed his world in in this music as a bit of a metalhead um, and I didn't really like him because he wasn't I didn't feel the need to connect with him he was too young we wouldn't have had anything in common so I decided that I was never going to talk to him despite the fact that he liked similar music to me but there was no way I was going to talk to him uh, and this was the assumption that I'd made so I'd created a fairly single story um, based on the prejudices of thinking about young men um, and their work but it was all made up stories of the assumptions that I made and that would be uh, the same thing for everybody that got on the bus on the way to work because we'd have the same people getting on the bus apart from this one person I used to speak to when he was he was on the bus not every day and I would speak to him everybody else I had a pet name for um, in my head and I used to create stories for them so I didn't connect with them that drove that disconnection so we were a bus full of strangers that never said hello because we never created that connection that's, when I think about that now when I'm really be telling it I feel that's really sad because there could have been some people on there that I um, could be friends with to this day and um, got something really useful from them but I decided not to because I created this single story about them, about the metalhead. And there was a man that looked a bit like Sid James that worked in an office, wore the same brown suit every day. Um, and it would be a, he, to me, he was um, one of those old fashioned bookkeepers, accountant, accountancy clerks. Uh, in my head, that's, that's what he did. And he may well have, done that he might have done something else but that was the story I had about him that was just living out his days till he retired so all these stories that I would make up about somebody that would drive this disconnection this single story but there is a different way there is a better way and we'll just have a short intermission and then we'll we'll look at how to create more meaningful connections
at this bit, um, this last section, we're just going to look at how we can create more meaningful um, connections. How we can, I think it's it's creating more diversity in the people we connect with. Um, are we missing out on people that could really help us? It might help us with our careers, might help us with our lives. Um, make our lives richer more meaningful actually as well prevent this um, discourse of distrust and it can as I want to say hey and I, I think I will do it's because it, it, it can feel that strong it's um, if you're if you're not with us, you're against us. Um, attitude. It's actually, can you have friends and connections that have a different world view to you? That are different to you. Can you be more generous in your opinions of people? I think that's um, in, in the kind of world we're living in at the moment. Um, a world of uncertainty and um, fear that we have some way of connecting with people that brings us together as a, as a race of people and for one I, I'm, I'm, I'm certain the only way that we are going to come out of this um, pandemic with um, well is is if we put aside our differences and don't work in our silos and we don't strengthen those prejudices and we work together and support each other to have a better life post coronavirus pandemic I suppose um, so how do we do that and I think the secret is, 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 is to be able to slow down our thinking and just to notice when we are making assumptions, which is the story of this podcast really, isn't it? The story of this po podcast, of this Connected Living podcast, is, is really practicing being more critical in your approach by slowing down your thinking, challenging your assumptions about people and about what is happening in your world and how you're viewing your world so before the the, the short musical interlude um, that we that we had um, I asked you I, I invited you to do a little exercise tonight so this um, relationship map this um, so who you're connected with and what connects you what the similarities are and then I asked you just if you could list those people on the outside of your group those people that you don't want to connect with the people like the boy with the headphones on listening to um, Queens of the Stone Age at the bus stop for me or, or the Sid James lookalike on the bus 
that was an accountant why those, those people I weren't I wasn't connecting with but I was aware of in my in my periphery and there's definitely people I work with now or I I know at work or I know um, in the village that I don't connect with as much as I possibly could if I or should I suppose there might be people that are listening to this podcast I they probably won't be listening to the podcast because they probably have an opinion a single story of me a lot of people that are listening to this podcast at the moment have a different story of me so to speak but how can we view those people in a more considered manner we need to look at our single stories of them and can we be more generous and um, compassionate I, think I wanted to get compassion into this I've been doing a little bit of work on compassionate leadership um, at work and um, it, it's fascinating how this this connects with this and it's it is that generosity of spirit it's that um, hearing somebody's story because it's it's easy to hate somebody or dis have disconnection with somebody when you don't know them from a distance it's harder to hate when you are close in we are a compassionate species we are driven to be compassionate there are um, they found um, ancient remains um, I'm sure it was around in Syria where um, you've got early Neanderthal man and early Homo sapiens that uh, that have healed bones so the um, primitive man fixed people's bones you'd also get severed heads and um, people that have been murdered and um, so we are we are a paradox aren't we as a species that we um, we have capacity for compassion and we have capacity for evil for um, cruelty we can do both sometimes it often feels easier to be cruel but only if you stop seeing people as human beings as fellow human beings as equals when we get to know somebody it is much harder to be like that it's much easier to show compassion and kindness so what do we have to do with these people on the edge is consider how helpful it would be to hear their story to know more about them what could they bring to us that would enrich our lives and what could we offer them that would enrich their lives are they prepared to hear us to hear our story 
and are you prepared to hear their story? It's, it's a really hard thing to do and it's a decision you have to make about the person that you're considering on that edge. Do I need to know more about them? What do I know already? What's the single story I'm telling myself about them? Do I need to understand more? And this doesn't matter if it doesn't matter about it, it could be anything that drives that disconnection. So it could be the color of their skin, it could be their accent, it could be a disability, it could be their profession, it could be the sports team they they support, it could be the clothes that they wear. their level of cleanliness, the social class they come from. There are lots of different reasons that can drive that disconnection. It could just be a mental model of how they view the world, how you presume they view the world. But are you prepared to hear their story and to make that connection? And what benefit would that get from you? And I think that's the first question to ask. And all of this does is it slows down your thinking. So you make a decision based on what's really in front of you. Do you need to have friendships with this person? Or not? But is it, is it always worth to know more about somebody? Especially if you work with them. And if you're thinking, if you are a manager and there are people on the edge of your team that you're not connecting with very well, that you might dislike a little bit. Are you doing them a disservice if you don't get to know them better? Because if you have to make a decision, and that could be a disciplinary decision, are you going to be harsher on them than you would be to the person that you know more about, the person whose life you're invested in? So is it worth actually, in those circumstances, hearing their story, understanding it, and sharing a bit of your story with them to create that meaningful connection? And that's being compassionate in the first instance. is showing concern and interest in somebody's life and in sharing a little bit of your life. So you can mutually support each other and so when you make a decision about their future potentially, then you make it on an equal standing with everybody else in your team and not just the people that you've taken time to know because they look like you or behave like you or speak like you, but you're doing that with the people that are not like you that are in your team and you, you understand them as much as you understand those people that you can use cognitive ease with and know them quite well. So those difficult people in your teams or those difficult people in your circles that are important that you need to know about, it's, it's vital that you take the time um, embrace the suck as Brenny Brown would call it and hear their story. 
understand their life and that's slowing your thinking down now as with everything we talk about in in um, in the connected living podcast and in coaching and life generally it's it's a process uh, it's a it's a process that takes it that takes time it's not easy to fall straight into this if it if it if it was then you'd be doing it already it's you're using as Daniel Kahneman would say your system to thinking which takes a bit of effort you're not going for the easy option the easy options fine in the short term but in the long term in it's important to put um, some effort into it and if you put an effort into it sometimes it's going to go wrong and sometimes it won't you won't be able to you won't you'll forget to do it and you'll fall back into the old easy ways of doing it and that's fine it's but what's not fine is then noticing that you're doing that and then keep doing it anyway because you're going to get the same results as you always get so you're still not going to be connecting with these people but you've done yourself a massive disservice because you knew you weren't being the best that you could be you knew that you weren't connecting with the people that you need to connect with for your workplace your job to work better your social life your home life to be more effective so when you notice let yourself know slow that thinking down ask yourself what assumptions you are making about this person am I interested in finding out a bit more information about what causes them to behave the way that they behave and in the next episode just as a bit of a teaser um, that's what we're going to do next we're going to uh, look at your curiosity we're going to peak that curiosity so you're able to hear the stories that other people say in such a way that they want to tell you and some of you will be naturals at it some of you may have done some of the coaching training that I've put on at, at work or or read some of my blogs or being coached by me so you might have an idea of how that will work but that's what what's what we're going to do in the next episode is have a play with um, what Miles Downey who's um, who's a writer of co on coaching says is the ask tell continuum the directive non-directive continuum of conversations that is vital if you want to note if you want to create those meaningful connections with other people especially those people that sit on the edge of your in-group that need to be in your in-group and just before before I go and it's I think it's important to explore 
why it's important to have people in your team or in your circle that think differently to you. This is especially important when you're um, being creative, innovative, and if you work in a safety critical environment as well. Is it, the more diverse the thinking that's happening in that group, the more creative it will be, that group, more innovative. Creation and innovation work perfectly together. Often a bit chaotic, because order and innovation don't often go together. Create the, and we'll talk about that in later episodes, um, the importance of disorder and chaos when creating. So it's important to, um, to, to do that. So what we'll do is, is in the next episode, we'll, we'll look at how you can move from asking questions telling people what to do because we spend a lot of time telling people what to do sometimes we need to ask more questions and to hear what they have to say so in the meantime um, as I always say stay safe and thank you for listening and please please do share the podcast with as many people as as you know um, it's now available on on Google podcasts as well as Apple and Spotify and a few other um, platforms that you you might use. So please search it, search it, tell them to search it out. Thank you.